And welcome into the November 21st episode of the Smarks Podcast. I am your host, I am Smokey Mike, and the man that accompanies me each and every week on this, well, we're going to try and make it an hour and a half, real ride two hours, who knows. Who knows how long we go because we always bring as good of a content as we possibly can. He is the man, the myth, the legend, and he's probably not too happy after uh, Gus Malzahn decided to fuck up another uh Possible victory against the Georgia Bulldogs, but he is one key greatest champ. Good evening, sir. How's it hanging? What's happening, Smokey? Uh, you don't mention that name on the podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a I'm a diehard Auburn fan. I love my Tigers, man. Damn. I mean, not a happy Gus Malzahn guy right here. Now, like, he's, you're sounding like I did with uh, Butch fucking Jones, except uh, at least it's going to be 8-4 and four instead of 4-8. and eight. Exactly. Well, we got a whole lot of shit to go on uh, with this here podcast right here. We got previews of NXT TakeOver War Games, Survivor Series. We got Independent Wrestling Galore. Cornette says dumb shit. Uh, we got to get into that as well. Several other things going on through the independent wrestling scene. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rose Scholar. He's at Keith Courageous. We are at the Smarks Pod. And the Smarks Podcast is the page that you need to like on Facebook in order to enjoy the content that we provide to you each and every so often. Because next week is Thanksgiving. And Champ... Of course, with Survivor Series, we get Thanksgiving, and next week, I figure, would be a nice time to just take a break, eat some turkey, just cool down the jets a little bit, getting ready for December, so this one is going to be a two-weeker right here. How's it sound? Sounds good, man. We can cover two weeks worth in a couple hours, I think. I know. So, um, let's see. We will... Be able to preview all since the uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving is on the 30th. We could be able to preview all of the local indie shows that are coming up at uh, first of the month times. So in two weeks. So that's not a problem. And plus we're trying to get certain guests on to try and help hype up their shows. We might even bring Colin West back from Synergy Wrestling to hype up the War Horse Christmas. And we've got uh, AJ, AJ Hirsch, if I remember correctly, his name. I'm trying to figure that out right now. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Oh, this is bad radio right here. AJ Lurch uh, from Emerge Wrestling. And they got a, uh, their next show is going to be on the 4th of January. And we are already in talks about getting him on to hype up and get his thoughts about the way wrestling goes as well. But tonight, or uh, this week, we tentatively had Carrie Awful scheduled for this here podcast. And with what has been happening with Carrie's family, with his wife and soon to be newborn child, they uh, have uh, had to basically be living at the hospital now. Like today was a day where Carrie was able to take his FMLA and then be with his wife and unborn 
for the time being and prayers go out to one Mr. Kerry Offal because that is a t that is a scary scary fucking thing and hopefully dude let, we can get you on the podcast sometime soon understand that shit goes haywire from time to time especially when it involves children champ i mean it, it we had it possibly but it is completely understandable why Carrie is not able to be here and thoughts and prayers are sent his way from both of us. And I'll let you get some words in about this. Yeah, I, I've, I've known Carrie for quite, quite a while. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say we're, we're good friends or whatever, but we, we just know each other for a while. And, uh, we've really been wanting to get him on the show for months and months. somber shit. Let's get into some fun shit. How about that? How about it? Uh, says dumb shit. Part 11,582. Jim Cornette has resigned from NWA because he said dumb shit. And it got through a month-long time of being a taped episode and it gets put to air, and then we get, I'm not, I'm just going to say it involves Ethiopians and fried chicken. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. If you want to see anything else about it, I'm not going to give the exact quote. He was talking about Trevor Murdoch, of all people, with this shit. But Jim Cornette is out at NWA, and... Just mainly because he said dumb shit being a dumbass that he, well, he's a smart wrestling mind, but he could be a real moron time to time from uh, the social media aspect. Champ, what are your thoughts about Jim Cornette gone from the NWA? Well, I've got, I, I look at it in two different ways. Um, Cornette's good for the business. Because he's got a lot of lineage and a lot of history and he's got a great mind and he loves the wrestling business and he just tries to keep it, he tries to keep it as, you know, as relevant as possible at the same time while he stays relevant and, and everything. But he knows, he knows better, man. I mean, there's, there's certain things that you have to, the times are different than when he was in his heyday. And not that that made it okay then or whatever, but at the same time, we, we've just gotten so insensitive to this stuff to where, you know, we don't realize things are at work and that, you know, things happen and Cornette said stupid stuff in the past. And so now everybody takes everything he says, you know, uh, as a matter of fact and, 
I guess the best way that the best way to say it is, you know, look, you have to look at the history of, of Cornhead, and he's he's had a lot of influence and brought to to the you know to the mainstream and popularity of a lot of you know minority figures in wrestling, and he didn't do that because he had to. He did that because he seen talent and. I don't know what in, in his mind made him think that that would be okay to say that. Uh, but he did. And I, I think that having him on the NBA, how they had it set up and everything, the way they're running it with the old school bill, I thought it was a really good match paired up. I thought he had a lot of good stuff to offer. Uh, I think you take him off of uh, the tapings for a little while and let things calm down and you know, and hopefully he issues a, a statement of apology and and whatnot. But, you know, to me, him resigning and leaving just says he has no remorse for it. So I guess it's probably the best thing. But I kind of hated to see it go because I, I thought it was it was bringing an interesting twist to the program. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I was starting to catch on and, you know, but – we have to be responsible for the shit that we say. And he he is not accepting responsibility. He's just running from the problem. And that's, that's not a good look. And what's even worse is that he's using his podcast to be like, oh, well, you want to hear my side of the story? Then, uh, yeah, listen to the Jim Cornette experience coming up on Friday. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I, I'm just I'm just confused with Cornette because he has this this taste in one uh, particular guy in all elite wrestling, one Mr. Joey Janela. And like he's got a whole red ass about anybody in the wrestling business named Joey. I mean Joey Ryan, jo Joey Janela, but it's just I he he's an old school guy, but he's not really that adaptive to the times, in my opinion. And that's that's the thing. Uh, um, to not quote uh, verbatim, I, I can't really. But you know, I think I was listening to the Arn podcast the other day, and that's a really good podcast. But not a lot of them that Conrad does that I really get into and follow religiously. But this is one that. I really, I really like what they do. Um, but, you know, Arden kind of said something to, along the lines of, you know, sometimes Cornette just can't seem to get out of his own way. And, you know, there's a lot of things that Arden doesn't like about the business and the way that they do things now versus the way they did things, you know, in the old school. Because whether we want to admit it or not, the grassroots of wrestling is old school. Yeah. And the stuff that still gets over. But at the same time, you know, you have to understand that it's a different time and different, different, you know, different era. And there's just certain things that you can do and you can't do that, you know, to, take, to go back to, the, to what you were saying about Joey Janela. I mean, maybe he doesn't like him, but if everybody liked the same things in wrestling, it would be boring. And uh, Janela's a, a, a guy that's working his ass off to get to where he's he's gotten, and and he 
deserves, you know, the credit for that. There's a lot of guys in WWE that people don't like. There's a lot of guys in anything that people don't like. But you know, that's that's the thing that that that's the thing that makes us as humans uh, really good is that you know, and as far as being wrestling fans, that we we don't have to like the same things, and that gives everybody an opportunity to get over. Exactly. Case in point, Baron Corbin. I mean, we've gone through this here podcast that I've shit over Corbin left and right, left and right. And then when he became King Corbin and you know what? I was just like, you know what? I am sick and tired of hearing you motherfuckers bitch about him. So you know what? I'm just going to go the other side and have fun with it. (laughs) Exactly. So as uh, we continue through the week in wrestling. Let's uh, have a little ratings discussion. As Brian Alvarez says dumb shit. Or not says dumb shit, but tweets dumb shit. Brian Alvarez of, uh, you know, Dave Meltzer's number two. Likes to uh, say that, oh, well, he tweeted the fact last uh, yesterday afternoon before NXT came on the air. That, oh, they're bringing in uh, Roman, Becky, by the way, half of the people I did not even, like, I only saw maybe like two seconds worth of 95% of the people. Becky Lynch was the main one out of them, but it's like, his last comment at the end was, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Oh, buddy, like, fucking Meltzer and Alvarez and all that shit are sucking AEW's cock. And trying to make it, like, glisten with their saliva. Holy shit. What the, like, I know news is slanted in real life. And then we get into the media, like, all the media is slanted in real life. But, dear fucking lord, this is terrible. Of how much Brian Alvarez is an AEW prick. But NXT did win the ratings last night by, uh, I believe it was 52K. I, I didn't see the number, but, you know, yeah, like I said before, and I keep beating the dead horse, I guess, is that, you know, it's the new thing. It's popular. It's not bad. It's, I, I watched some of it last night, and I was kind of doing the whole flippy back and forth. And, uh, you know, one of it I didn't see. You know, that was was bad, except for, gosh, every match just seems to go 20 minutes. <laughs> um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just like most of your, you know, um, your standard wrestling fans that they, they just sit here and it's a new thing. It's the new, it's the new thing. WWE's kind of bored them to death a little bit and it's catching on and they feel like it's an easy cheap shot but yeah an easy uh, I know I know we'll get into it but you know the thing about it is that you know NXT hasn't done anything wrong they've done nothing but capitalize on a situation and made the main roster better and um if I remember correctly like I recorded I didn't record AEW last night. I recorded NXT because I do a little DVR and all this stuff in AEW. I could probably catch on 
Bleacher Report or Fight TV or this, that, whatever, so I can get back. And YouTube, of course, since they like to post how many YouTube views they have. Fuck. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Anyway, I digress on that one. But NXT had me already intrigued. And then starting out with uh, Becky and Rhea. Like, Becky and Shayna was too obvious. But Becky and Rhea was like, ooh, I fucking like this. And then just going all throughout. Everything was storyline development off of that show. There was not one thing I saw last night from NXT that did not involve furthering an angle to Survivor Series. Exactly. Exactly. They weren't trying to boost AEW. They were continuing a story that they're building off of Survivor Series. And to be honest, I didn't give a shit about Survivor Series until they included NXT. So if you want to sit here and say, well, NXT had to bring the main roster people down to beat AEW in the ratings or whatever, then, you know, that's just your ignorant opinion. Uh, because actually NXT is helping bolster uh, the main roster, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's, that's all you can really say. And the other thing, too, is that I've seen a lot of questions being put out on Twitter, a lot of broad questions being like, what was the best match from last night? Do you believe how many times I have seen the Undisputed Era and the Revival compared to anything else? Like, the ratio is like 96 to 1 in favor of the Undisputed Era and the Revival. Like, that, that is tag team fucking wrestling right there, man. Yeah, they laid the gauntlet down and for the AEW to say that their tag team division was better. Well, I'll tell you what, last night you didn't get very much better. You couldn't get very much better than what the Revival and Undisputed Era did uh, in that in that ring for their, which probably was about the longest match they had of the night, but it could have went on for another 10 or 15 minutes and I'd have been happy. Shit, it could uh, be a 60-minute tag team match and I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah, they, they just kept beating the shit out of each other, man, and it was just, you could tell that those guys were really going through it, man. They were really, really, really laying it in there and, and, and bringing it, but they told a, a great story, and uh, I mean, I was all for that match. It was, it probably was, if it wasn't the hottest match or segment on both shows, I, I don't know what everybody else is really wanting. You know what actually cracked me up is um, this was the very first time really uh, the lady with me uh, watches NXT from Full Sail and she's like, why in the hell is the crowd doing like all this type of cheering? You know? And I just looked at her and I was like, these are the motherfuckers that actually appreciate wrestling. Good wrestling and it doesn't matter if you're face, heel, whatever. I mean, this is the closest to a fucking European crowd you're going to have.
they were, or close to a, what you, I guess you would say, a normal wrestling crowd was during Kaylee, Ray, and, uh, and the kid girl. Uh, oh, Dakota Kai? Dakota Kai. Yeah. And that, that was the closest that they were to, to a normal match as far as cheering the baby and booing the heel. Uh, in my opinion, the rest of the time, they were they were totally behind NXT. Oh and, man! And they would they would finish something that if it was WWE SmackDown or Raw on top, they would be cheering or whatever just because it was a good and interesting. But just match wise, that that match there they followed protocol. I guess if you want to say. Well, I mean they kind of followed protocol, but that was the match that also had the uh, scramble for uh, the Raw women. Or not just the Raw women, but the Raw and SmackDown women coming in and having that incredible gif that we have now of Io Shirai looking at Kerry Zane with uh, a Raw shirt and just being like, are you fucking kidding me? Kerry <laughs> Zane, was that a real on the bellows? I don't know, man, but it sure as hell looked like it with that hat, hat right there. That was fucking great. <laughs> And another hidden highlight I would like to appreciate from uh, last night as well as we had uh, Ciampa getting ready to uh, take the ring up against Seth Rollins who decided to uh, go go invade the house of NXT at Full Sail. The motherfucker is so beautiful when he, like how he stays in character because especially with this Adam Cole shit because we've seen him all like when... Uh, and Triple H was doing his first speech on SmackDown Live. And you you see Champa, all he's looking at is the NXT title. All he's looking at is Goldie. And then before he even gets in the ring with Seth Rollins, he sees Adam Cole, gives him a fucking knee, and it's like, all right, yeah, I'm all right, I'm here, motherfucker. So uh, just remember me. And then I'm going to go take care of Seth Rollins, and then I'm going to show you again. <laughs> like... Tommaso Ciampa is a fucking star, and his hidden highlights are the exact reason why he is that big of a star, in my opinion, potentially. And, you know, I don't know how much of that stuff, to be honest, is, is called or scripted, because a lot of times wrestling, you know, we go with what, what feels good, what's, what's time, the timing, what's right and whatnot, and that very well could have been something that he did on his own, uh, and, it, and it just made sense, but that's the, that's the part of it that, you know, you really understand when you see stuff like that, what makes you understand why Triple H gives such high compliments to Gargano and Champa because they make moments, and that's what wrestling's about, is you can have all the great you know, dives and flips and everything else, but you you make the moments that people remember. And just like you saying how awesome that was that he did that, that's what ninety percent of those fans there remember too in that last segment is Champa giving that knee to to uh, Adam Cole. So, you know, I mean that that's 
that's just speak to the brilliance of Champa and, and, and Gargano on the same same note as well. That's called furthering a storyline without having to further a storyline. I mean, two seconds. That's all it took. Bam. Like, thank you very much. That That is the type of shit I am here for each and every week, is that type of shit. Exactly. All right. So, uh, Champ, if you uh, are ready to oblige with a little preview action... Let's go into what NXT TakeOver War Games is going to be bringing to us this Saturday night on the WWE Network. How about it? I'm excited for it, man. Oh, man. I mean, War Games is always good, and we got women's and men's War Games. I'm just, I, I just need to probably give a PSA because a lot of people have had a lot of shit getting hacked. Disney Plus being hacked. Uh, like, I've had to go through and change all my fucking emails, because my shit's been hacked, apparently. Thank God my bank account hadn't been hacked, but you're taking, like, maybe two bucks. So, <laughs> there's nothing you can get off of me on that shit, but make sure that you got your shit taken care of with the WWE Network, because with the way it's been going, apparently, like, just make sure you got it prepared before you do war games. Uh, champ, you are one that are is a regular of uh, making sure that everything is good and connected and set up. So I know I'm preaching to the choir on this one. Oh yeah, yeah. I keep a check on it and constantly, and make sure that everything's everything's intact and all that. And I haven't, I haven't noticed anything out of the, out of the ordinary, but you never know who's going to get hit. You know what I mean? You never know. So just just always be conscious, man, of, of what's going on. So the first match with TakeOver War Games, uh, we've got four matches that are scheduled right now, and two of them being War Games. So I think we've got a pretty much a full card right here. With our first match, let's go with the triple threat match to determine the number one contender for the NXT champion at Survivor Series, Adam Cole, and that's going with Pete Dunne and Killian Dane and Damian Priest. Champ, this right here, I would love to death to see Pete Dunne win this one. But I think this is a Damian Priest thing just because it is Survivor Series and this is a match that could be uh, a little under the card that, I mean, would give Damian Priest a good shine, and I think WWE wants to do that. Well, uh, I agree with you on most all of that, except I, I do think Pete Dunne wins this match, well, uh, because I think that there's still some, um, I think that there's, that there's some kind of underlying story that we don't see there that's setting up a feud. Uh, and all this that's been going on, between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, I think we'd be stupid to sit here and not think that NXT has to give a little bit. They can't just reap the benefits of everything and not give something up. And it's no uncommon knowledge of being expensive on uh, Pete Dunne. So I think that we see Pete Dunne win this match and get his opportunity to face uh, Adam Cole on the, the 
Man, Pete Dunne and Adam Cole, that's going to, like, Adam Cole's had a hell of a month. Like, seriously, that motherfucker is a month that anybody who is just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you've got to do all this shit? The rise of Cole continues. And then we get uh, Matt Riddle going up against Finn Balor in a singles match, which... This needs no fucking hype. This is going to be matched. Like, if this in, if this wasn't on War Games, this would be match of the night. What are you... I, I think Riddle's got to go over, but I, who knows what's going to happen with Survivor Series on that following night. So, Champ, I'm thinking Riddle, uh, what's your thoughts on this match? Um, to me, it seems like Balor can't win. Ever since he lost the Universal title, Balor can't win unless he's in the demon form. Um, I think that I don't. I don't think it's well. I won't skip ahead, but I was really looking forward to Gargano versus um, Finn Balor. Yeah, just, just being up. Um, but if I have to take a second person to be in that match, I, I'm completely. Completely happy with Riddle. I don't know how well the styles really match up. I know Riddle's very versatile. He can go and do just about anything with anybody. But at the same time, I I still feel like uh, there's something there that I'm just not. It's just not selling me on all of this. You know what I mean? But I I, I think that the match is going to be uh, fantastic. Just just being honest. Uh, Riddle, he just impresses me more and more each time I see him. And I know that probably sounds like I'm a little late to the dance or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I've, I've been I've been keen to uh, to Matt Riddle since he since he you know way back before, but now especially since he's got the NXT. But uh, yeah, I, as far as winning, I, I think I think that they're going to throw us for a loop. I think Balor's probably going to get this win. I don't think that they're going to uh, just necessarily push Riddle like that, but he has been very successful in the past. And Balor making a return to NXT, I think that that's just kind of, to me, it's just, I won't say obvious, but it's going to be not guaranteed, but whatever. You know what I mean? I, I just feel like Balor's got the, got the edge in this. Well, uh, you're talking about not like it's officially in the bag, but it's pretty damn close. One thing that I could actually find very intriguing with this is uh, if we do actually put a stipulation on this match, as in the winner of this match is the captain of Team NXT in the Survivor Series match. I mean, well, we're going to get more into it, but with NXT not having a single team member announced for the men's or women's Survivor Series, we're going to discuss it a little bit more because these two matches right here are probably the main reason why there has not been any announcement about Team NXT because we're in fucking war games, champ. And uh, we'll start out with the ladies with uh, Rhea Ripley, Candice Ray, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim 
Team Ripley going up against Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kai or Kaylee Ray. This screams a Rhea Ripley victory. And you and I have discussed this several times, and most of it off air, of how this possibly could uh, end up with Rhea Ripley winning the match, or her team at least winning, so it would be her and Shayna continuing their feud to, say, like the NXT Royal Rumble uh, takeover. But... I really think the reason why we don't have any Team NXT announcements for Survivor Series is because it's like, yo, we got to figure out how the fuck these uh, these ones are getting out of war games, first of all. And we've got, let's see, Shayna Baszler is committed to Sunday night with her triple threat uh, women's match with Bayley and uh, the man Becky Lynch. And then also you've got Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Bobby Fish committed to Sunday with uh, their tag team triple threat match with the New Day and with the Viking Raiders. So, Champ, first of all, you've got you've got a night like War Games, and then you got a night like Survivor Series the uh, the following night. As a talent, your thoughts on the preparation for Shayna Baszler, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly specifically because they are already announced to having two matches. I mean, you know, it's not uncommon. I mean, we don't want to sit here and act like it's going to be some phenomenal feat because before, and I maybe. Shayna out of the out of this equation, but I'm gonna give her credit too because she's a phenomenal athlete. Um, but in the in the in the um, interest of the conversation from like say Fish and O'Reilly, when they were doing independence, shit, they would wrestle three and four, five nights in a row. Um, I think the main goal here is to give the crowd as much as possible. And, and I would be pointing it out, out would be, let me be able to give the fans as much as possible because it is a big stage. It is the pay-per-views. Uh, stress with an S. Yeah. Um, but, but to go into it, first of all, I would do better if the War Games match was the second one that they were in based off the fact that let's, let's not get injured. Yeah. Um, a threat match. You know, so you go into war games, man, with the crazy stuff, the crazy spots they do. Um, you know, a lot of times you, you don't want to take a chance of somebody popping a shoulder or or tweaking a knee or, you know, something like that to where they're not able to go out the next night and fulfill their duties for whatever. So you, you want to really prepare for this at the I guess being that it is such a big stage, they're going to probably put a little bit of extra emphasis on on, on being crisp and, and being healthy for both nights. So that's that's kind of how I don't know that, that they're taking that route, but that's kind of the, the route that I would be looking at it as, as let me just figure out the best way to give the fans the maximum I can but save my body at the same time. 
Actually, you know, I completely forgot about the other two of the Undisputed Eras. You got Roderick Strong in uh, his triple threat match going up against AJ Styles and uh, Nakamura, as well as Adam Cole doing his NXT Championship defense the very next night against the winner of the triple threat match that we discussed with Pete Dunne, Killian Dane, and uh, uh, Damian Priest. So, I mean, the Undisputed Era is working double duty on both pay-per-views and i mean this is this is some crazy shit because the first one's a war games match you know and that's exactly what i'm saying like you know a lot of times you know if you're in a if you're in a triple threat or if you're in a tag team match you know obviously your your opponents are they're gonna they're gonna do their best to, to take care of you uh 100 to the best of their abilities but this kind of match, you know, a cage match, usually some crazy bumps and whatnot. You know, you've got a, you know, a high probability that somebody's going to be banged up <coughs> coming out of this. Yeah. Um, and that'll be a special sign on Sunday during their matches uh, as opposed, you know, to what they do or whatever. You know, how, how well they perform in their tag team match or... or Roddy performs uh, in the triple threat, you know, or even Adam Cole in the in the NXT Championship match. You'll you'll see how well they're able to go out there and 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 do that. And and probably Cole's got the Cole and Pete Dunne have the the the, the hardest of you know of the, of the three when you look at it because they they. The other one can make up for one, you know, Fish can make up for O'Reilly if he's a little banged up, uh, or vice versa. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the same thing, uh, what is it, AJ and Nakamura can take a little bit off of, of, of Roddy and give him a little bit more rest time and make up for it if, if need be, if he's a little banged up. But, uh, you know, just, just focusing on man staying healthy and, and getting through both days and uh, without anything major, right? There's going to be bumps, there's going to be bruises and soreness, but that, that's to be expected. So the trainers will have their work cut out for them for sure. And, I mean, you do bring up that po that very good point. The key thing being, it's like, besides Adam Cole having to do a one-on-one, -on -one, but with somebody that's having to do a match at uh, TakeOver as well, the other ones are in a triple threat match, and, like, you see, you put New Day against the Viking Raiders, that's a hell of a pay-per-view match. You put Shea, Becky, and Bailey, hell of a singles match, as well as you put Nakamura and AJ Styles, that was a WWE World Championship match at a WrestleMania. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, you've got a lot of great help in there to be able to look out for that talent if they're... If they're banged up or if they're slightly injured or, you know, or, or whatever. So I don't think that there's a very good chance that somebody's not going to be in one of these matches. I don't think that'll happen. I think everybody will be there. It'll just be to what extent, you know, that they're there if, if, if a, you know, uh, uh, um, some kind of, you know, little hiccup happens and, and they're a little banged up. All right, so, uh, Champ, 
sorry, the uh, lady friend decided to show up and join the podcast for a minute for a little bit of listening. Say hi, babe. Hi. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so let's go transition as we're discussing a lot with Survivor Series. Let's go into a little bit of a preview for Survivor Series as let's start with that triple threat match for brand supremacy. That uh, the first one being the secondary titles with AJ Styles, Nakamura, and Roddy Strong going up against each other. The, um, what was it that I saw? Oh, I saw this one that um, if Nakamura wins this match, he is no longer the king of strong style, but he is the king of strong styles. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't see NXT winning any of these triple threat matches, to be honest with you. Even though they're saying it's a brand supremacy triple threat match, the only ones that I see that actually, you know what, that's a hell of a, like just going through it as I'm seeing the words brand supremacy triple threat match, and I see two of the Undisputed Era in three of those matches, or three of the Undisputed Era in two of those matches. Dude, the Undisputed Era is going to be the reason why NXT wins this thing. And it's just going to be, they're not going to have that much time in the match, but they're going to walk away out champions being like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> like, they're going to get those sneaky wins. What are your thoughts, champ, on these two? Uh, well, let's go on all the triple threat matches, because I think the ladies is going to probably be the least of the quality, but that is not downplaying them one iota. Because all three of these matches should be fucking bangers. And we only have eight matches for a four-hour show. Count me in for this shit. Yeah, yeah. That was I mean, obviously the Survivor Series match will probably take up a good bit of time. But it sounds to me like we're going to have some kind of fast finishes on at least a couple of matches. So it'll be interesting to see how they book that and, and, and what matches they choose to use that, that on. Yes, uh, I mean, the, the Survivor Series matches, uh, I think especially with the ladies, they're going to have a whole lot of quick falls. whole lot of quick falls. Remember, we got half a rumble in both the men's and women's Survivor Series matches, so we are going to be seeing some quick falls, as well as, let's be, all right, as uh, I brought up last week, who the fuck Bray Wyatt is going to be going up against at Survivor Series? Well, we have Daniel Bryan going up against Bray Wyatt now. I, I, I don't know if I should be intrigued with this match. I mean, it's been only a week buildup, but you know what? Or a week-long buildup. Let me make sure that I got my uh, spelling of words correctly as I enunciate, but... This has some legs if done correctly. Granted, we're going to see Bray Wyatt over Daniel Bryan, but Champ, I really think this could be one hell of a feud if done correctly. What are your thoughts on it? Well, we talked about this a few shows back about how, you know, typically pay per views were uh, ending stories. Um, the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, to be exact. Yeah, but how they've recently 
begin over the last what, few years, um, using pay-per-views to start feuds. Um, but I, I just got this strange feeling when I saw this, I was like, where did this come from? And Ryan's one of those ones on the roster that, I'll be honest, that could take an L, a quick L and still be okay. Um, it's not it's not going to kill him. It's not going to take the fans and, and turn them against him because of how much momentum and how popular the Fiend is. So I, I, I think we answered part of our, our uh, kind of question a while ago was, what one of these matches would be kind of quick, and I, I I just got this strange feeling that this would be one of those matches as they continue to try to establish the dominance of Bray Wyatt. I completely agree, and I mean it's one of those things. It's just I don't care if it goes five to ten, like five to ten minutes, but. Give me an exact reason to care for this storyline after the fact, you know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, if I was, if I was, if I was the one that was agenting this match, it would, to me, it would be, you know, Damian Bryan come out hot, uh, give me some theatrics in the middle, and Bray Wyatt for a big finish, and you know. To your point, between five and ten minutes, depending on what they give them, would be would be adequate. In my just just in my personal opinion, but you know, give me the lights out, give me some smoke, whatever you got to do to kill to kill Daniel Bryan's momentum, and you know, something something crazy, and 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 let's finish him off, and and he's gonna be okay. His popularity is not going to drop whatsoever um, when it comes to taking that out. No. And, I mean, that's one of those things that we were discussing, too, last week was who has that credibility to take it out and still be fine with it? And this would be one of those times. And it could be one of those things to where I wouldn't mind seeing, like, Harper and Rowan maybe show up from time to time and be like, this could be a storyline that could have a lot of legs if done correctly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, because remember, uh, it was the Wyatt family that did help start the Yes Movement with Daniel Bryan. Exactly. And, I, and, and just being completely honest, I think that, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan in this match um, makes a lot of sense with his. Kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, makes a lot of sense in the in the the, the simple fact that uh, I, I completely lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Maybe something you say will trigger it. Well, the the fact that he's had old like old storylines with Bray Wyatt, as well as being like, all right, well, I can figure you out. Like, I'm like that's just one of those things. He knows how Bray works because he joined the Wyatt family, and then he broke away and started the Yes Movement. So then, 
that could be one of those things that could be very well intertwined into it to where it's like, I've done you, I've broken you before. I have broken away from your grasp before and I will do it again. Yeah, what, what I was going to say is, and what you said, something you said there kind of triggered it, was that I think the approach that they had with Seth Rollins, one, Rollins was kind of getting to the point where I won't say he was getting, the fans were growing tired with it. I think the approach they tried to take with Rollins uh, tired the fans out. And I think that they've got a chance here to reboot and attempt what they were trying to accomplish with Rollins with Daniel Bryan, and they figured it out along with just who he is, man. I think that um, they're they're going to be able to capture what they were trying in the beginning and and, and write, that, write, the, write the wrong, as they say. Very good point. Very good the fans easy to me, the fans too easily turned on Seth Rollins. You know, they were all for when he beat beat Brock for the universal title and then and then he moved from there on to, to Bray Wyatt. I think the fans were kind of uh Rollins got booked into a corner because the way the fiend was going and like closing up the Lesnar angle, it was like yeah, the booking committee especially fucked that one up. Exactly. 100% agree. Alright, so uh, let's go. We both agree that Adam Cole's winning the NXT title that Sunday night again. Like he's retaining, right? Yes. Alright, so we don't need to preview that. But it's going to be a hell of a match. It's going to be... I would say top three in this one, but we'll continue as uh, our preview with Team Raw of the ladies with uh, Charlotte, Natty, Asuka, Kari Zane, and Sarah Logan going up against Team SmackDown, which is The Boss, Sasha Banks, Mella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross against who knows what NXT is going to bring in a triple threat elimination match. And the one thing I'm very intrigued with this is... Are we going to do straight triple threat rules for everybody where it's like 1v1v1? Or are we doing 1v1 and tagging other ones in? Like, this is the only question I have about this match. Because A, it's going to fucking rule. And B, let's see. What storylines need to get pushed? Um, Charlotte? Needs to get pushed with Asuka and Kari because of their match at TLC with Charlotte and Becky. Uh, so that's going to... Sasha Banks. There you go. I'm picking Sasha to be the sole survivor of this match. What are your thoughts, champ? She's kind of an odd person out. Uh, so it makes it makes perfect sense what, she, what she's saying is that, you know for her to come out the victor on this. But, you know, to answer your question, it's my understanding triple threats have always been no rules, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as, like, you know, the tagging and and uh, who can do whatever, you know, not necessarily weapons and all that, but triple threats have always been pretty lenient. On A lot more lax, yeah. 
So I think it's going to probably a lot of it with with having to get eight matches in two, in, in four hours. A lot of it's going to probably come down to spot um, testing. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of chin locks and and rest holds and whatnot. Oh so God! I think yeah, I, I think we'll I think we'll see some spot fest in this and. You're saying Spotfest and Sasha Banks is involved in a match. Holy fucking shit. Hopefully she learned and she won't try to kill herself. <laughs> I picked her to be the sole survivor. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. The, 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 the funny part is uh, that if we've got an opportunity for a botch in, 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 at Survivor Series, the fact that we've got Sasha Banks in a in a triple threat match gives us a pretty good idea of who, who possibly it'll be. <laughs> we, we go on to the men's match. The triple threat Survivor. Holy fucking A. Like, that's almost... Uh, uh, yeah, alright, that, that, that is already what I'm planning on putting on Twitter before that Women's Survivor Series match is like, please, for the love of God, don't die, Sasha. <laughs> and, exactly. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying exactly, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's gonna be, that one will, that one will reach some people. This is the match I think that's gonna be match of the night, and that's the Men's Survivor Series match. Where you got Rollins, McIntyre, KO, Randy Orton, and Ricochet on Team Raw going up against Team SmackDown, which is Roman, Ali, Strowman, Corbin, and Shorty G. <laughs> and then the uh, men's NXT team, NXT team, which has been unannounced. By the way, um, one thing I forgot to bring up with uh, our War Games preview, the TBA in Team Ciampa, because we both feel like Ciampa's team is going to be the one winning because of, you know, like we're setting it up for the next takeover with Ciampa and Adam Cole. Who do you think is the TBA? Because some people are even going with Triple H, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Even though the one thing that would really be the big popper is somebody's been out for a minute, like, uh, dealing with some injuries and, uh, seems like Survivor Series weekend is about a perfect time for him to return. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. A little bit of a prince of, uh, world wrestling entertainment right now. Champ, do you know who I'm talking about? Gargano's ready if that's who you No, Gargano's not cleared. Uh, um, no, go ahead. The Prince of WWE? The Velveteen Dream? Dream? I mean, we ain't seen the Dream in a, in a minute because he's been nursing some injuries. And why not make him the TBA to where everybody's like, oh, fuck. You know, I, I've been I've been through the possibilities uh, of who it could be, and I think 
I think, to be honest, that they're safe. They, they saved it like this because they didn't really know what they were going to do. Yeah. Um, but there's somebody, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you know I'm the guy that, that doesn't keep up with some, you know, Raw and SmackDown like I should, but uh, there's, there's, there's guys out there that I think would be a good fit that would be a great surprise to this type of match um, when you look at it. I really want to lean on Walter uh, being, the, being the fourth person, but if I had to just go out and just make a a bold prediction, and you'll probably correct me here and say, oh, well, they're in this match. I won't, I won't realize it, but uh, it wouldn't shock me if Kevin Owens was in this match. In the NXT one? Yeah. Then KO would be doing double duty on Saturday and Sunday. But But no, KO's not doing anything on NXT. He's uh, part of the Raw Survivor Series team, which means that would be not a bad thing right there. I'm looking at this as guys that love NXT, and that's that's the kind of that's the kind of uh, point I'm putting out here is that you know what guys love NXT that you know they would be willing to go back, but we haven't seen them. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Oh, oh! I just had another one. What if John Morrison is TBA? Because he has apparently signed with WWE again. See? That's what I'm saying. Like, we're, we're, we're spitballing here. We're spitballing here, but, you know, there's so many, there's so many opportunities. I don't know if you debut to bring somebody back. I don't say debut. I don't know if you bring somebody back and put them in, in that match. I think it's going to have to be or you could do you could do uh, John Morrison back with the Survivor Series NXT team. As yeah, kind of, Shawn Michaels. Oh, Shawn Michaels. Ooh. Shawn Michaels turns on Champa because you know it's common knowledge that he has a huge love for Champa and Gargano. Oh yeah, he has been uh, the agent for the whole Shark uh, DIY storyline. And he has mentioned, and I, 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 I don't know where I saw it, but he has mentioned that if he was going to have a match in NXT, it would be with one of those two. That, what I, happens if he, if he joins the match and towards the end of the war games, he super kicks Champa because Champa's not, not working, as far as we know, the war games or the Survivor Series. Yeah. It's to be enough. So what happens if he super kicks Champa towards the end of that match and undisputed error wins? Ooh, ooh, very, very intriguing, very intriguing indeed. I think, I mean, we're spitballing, and that's actually a beautiful thing about this particular pay per view because, granted, we have the matches set in front of us, but those TBAs 
sitting right there can bring so many possibilities that it's just like, wow. Like, we could go on for hours and hours about who we possibly think it could be. And granted, it's, it's going to be a good time to do that shit. But, you know, champ, I think we just need to sit back and then let us be all surprised. Because nobody even has a fucking clue of what's going to happen. And that's one thing that has really intrigued me with Survivor Series this year. Your thoughts on that? Before we get into um, the last match of the evening, I, I would agree, and, and, and I would say this: the one thing that would disappoint me that you were, you know, spitballing, that you were spitballing around on, was the idea of Triple H. I tell you what, as his history over the last what three to five years in matches of getting hurt, War Games is not a match for Triple H to enter himself into. I just. Uh, he would be the better fit for Survivor Series if NXT is going to be the team to go over on the men's side. Now, he would to me he would be a better representative for the Survivor Series team as the captain. Yeah, and that that's what I'm meaning with that is like him at Survivor Series and the way to stamp the point with NXT taking over would be Triple H being the one ending that men's Survivor Series match with a pedigree. Yeah. 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 Now. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be very intriguing. And you can follow us on Twitter to find out what our thoughts are for uh, Survivor Series and for War Games. You can follow us. I'm at Rose Scholar. He's at Keith Courageous. We're at the Smarks Pod. And the Smarks Podcast on Facebook is also another place that you can connect with us. So, Lesnar and Rey Mysterio for the WWE Championship in a no-holds-barred match. I'm sorry. This is still a dream match, in my opinion. We have not seen these two one-on-one -on -one in a pay-per-view setting. Rey Mysterio seems to have found the fat fountain of youth and actually has been moving a whole lot better since his schedule got a, a whole lot lighter. Brock Lesnar works great with smaller guys. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, the last two Survivor Series, both of those you could argue being matches of the night. I, Chip, am I wrong in thinking this could be another Brock Lesnar Survivor Series special and we could see another match of the night right here? Um, I don't think it's going to be a match of the night, just, just to be honest. <coughs> I think that there's something deeper here. I think we're telling a, a, a lot deeper story than the fans are really giving credit for. Uh, I think Dominic's going to be involved in this match. Well, it is no holds barred, so I figured Dominic and Kane Velasquez might have some involvement in this match right here. I don't think Velasquez will. I mean, you, you obviously, you know, it's no, it's no, uh, it's not uncommon knowledge that you you keep up with a little bit of a little bit more of the behind the scenes than I do. I don't know. I, I, no, nobody said a single thing about Cain Velasquez, and it was just something that I brought up just because 
this has been the storyline going up to it. So, you know, if you're going to tell a great story, then why not bring up the fucking past history of this match to conclude this storyline right here? You know, let me, let me just sidebar here on something, and we don't have to get into a discussion, just something that I really thought was was, uh, was interesting, and I and, and somebody had mentioned this to me. Uh, the whole deal with Kay Velasquez uh, and Brock with Crown Jewel, and then, what's his name? Fury, what's his name? Tyson Fury. What? Gary and Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. You know what I think those really were? I really think that those were the WBA, the World Boxing Association, and the UFC. Um, helping Vince out, and I, I, I know that Velasquez has been in the UFC, but he's got ties to him, and, and so he probably has a relationship with them at some point. Um, I really think it was a filling out point for Saudi Arabia to see them to see if, if there's any draw in having UFC or a boxing boxing big boxing show there. That could very much well be the possibility because you you did see or how much Tyson Fury made for that one match with Braun Strowman, right? Yeah, and there was a whole lot of deal brought out. Because Kane, Kane's not in UFC anymore, it was more so with Tyson Fury that it was, it was brought out about how his trainers didn't want him doing this match. And I felt like it was all a work because they kind of knew he wasn't going to get hurt. You know, there's always a possibility, but they knew the deal going in. I, I really think it was a business venture to find out how much interest is 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 there uh, in the Middle East in hosting uh, UFC fight or WBA event? Just in my opinion, but I mean, I see exactly where you're coming from, and then I I I saw that number. I saw that twelve million dollar number that Tyson Fury made off a of crown jewel. And I'm looking at it going, Vince, Vincent Kennedy McMahon did not do this shit. He did not pay one man $12 million for a fucking appearance. That is not Vince's style. That is not the way he does it. And that is sure as hell not the money he's going to do it for somebody that has not been that loyal to him at all. Vince probably got paid somewhere in that range to have him on there. Yeah. Maybe by the WBA, maybe by the Saudi people, but I mean, it's just <sighs> wow. Like, well, holy I'm fuck. Asking about the, the Rey Mysterio match. I, I don't think Kane gets involved. Kane Velasquez gets involved in this match, but I do feel like there's it, it, of course, I, I we, we don't, we're not privy to any of the stories or, that they're trying to tell or anything like that. But I really feel like this is going to be a match where Brock Lesnar tries to make Rey Mysterio quit. Oh, that's what Paul Heyman's been hyping up for this match. Is like, is, 
it, it's not a prediction, but it's a spoiler, and this is not going to be some quick five-second shit. This is going to be a massacre. Right, right. And that, that's kind of the story they're telling, but I... They haven't had the match, but I think during the match you're going to see Lesnar trying to make Mysterio quit. Leave the business, walk away, retire, whatever. And that's going to be the tie-in that's going to go to have Dominic involved. And whether Dominic is the sacrificial lamb or he comes in and he's the hero and right at the last second, Brock gets the win, but you instantly build a star in Dominic. You know, it, it's not it's not uncommon that a lot of these Ray Mysterios, without a shadow of a doubt, are going to be a Hall of Famer. That uh, you know, a lot of these guys have what are the contract stipulations that yeah. they work into their deals or whatever. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit for Ray to say, look. I want Dominic to come to the performance center, get the best training he can, uh, to become the best wrestler that he can. And if Dominic's been there for a while, if he's been doing his duty, if he's been training, he's been he could add to this match greatly physically as well as emotionally. And I think that's gonna be the story. It just goes undervalued with Brock Lesnar, man. Everybody hates him and shits on him all the time. I'm not saying I'm a genius, but that's something that I see in, in, is that he can go out there, and like you said, particularly with smaller guys, but he can go out there and he can tell a story. He can make it believable that you can slay the giant, but at the same time, he can make you believe that that dude <laughs> I mean, it, it's like I call it the Survivor Series Brock Lesnar special right now. Like, he had AJ Styles two years ago. Like, holy flying fuck, that was a dream match. And that ended up being fantastic. Then you had Daniel Bryan last year, which everybody's like, the fuck is going on here? Daniel Bryan just won the title, this, that, whatever. And it wasn't even two weeks removed from him winning the title, but then Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar made it believable that Brock could be defeated by Daniel Bryan and then crushed hopes like anything. And this is the reason why I have hope for this match and why I think this is going to be a banger is because the best of all underdogs... Rey Mysterio and Brock Lesnar, the bet like Brock Lesnar has been our version of Vader, and it's been a beautiful thing to see. Yes, I I, I completely agree, man. And it, people didn't uh, back then, but they're not. I'm not gonna say they're not as smart, but the times were different. But people back then didn't appreciate, you know, inside the ropes, the talent understood and we as great fans you know and, and coming in the business later i looked back at it and appreciated vader and realized that i should have appreciated him a lot more when he was there for what he brought to the business and was able to do but that's the thing is that that frustrates me about fans now with lesnar is that they can't see the value he brings 
to a show to the WWE, and that's why he's there, and that's why he's in the position he's in. Yeah. No other force like you know? I know. I mean, this... Granted, I mean... Let me ask you this question. Let me propose you this question. Because me and another guy were talking about this at the show last weekend. We were talking about if you, you know, the way free agency works. And it's different in wrestling and, and, and everything like that than it is for, you know, sports as far as signing with a different team or whatnot. Yeah. Let, let's propose the WWE released Brock Lesnar tomorrow or after Survivor Series. Do you not think that the AEW would snatch his ass up in the <laughs> They have Le Champion. They would snatch Lesnar right. up in a heartbeat. And, you know, him and Darby Allen could have a hell of a fucking match. In a sense, I think uh, that Brock Lesnar is... They put him in a lot of gimmick matches. I know we're going long on this, but if you really think about it, they put him in a lot of gimmick matches. Even if you look back at the AJ Styles match, for a guy, a guy the caliber of Brock Lesnar to work a match with a guy like AJ Styles is a gimmick match. You're not putting two technicians out there or two high flyers out there or whatever. You're putting somebody out there with just brute raw strength against one of the best in the world in AJ Styles. And you're letting him show you how he can accentuate and even make AJ Styles better, and at the same time, AJ can make Brock better. And exactly. that makes him some of the best. So here's the here's the here's my point: is that this whole deal with Ray is a gimmick match, and it's it, it's one of the matches on the card that gets you emotionally involved because we know the best shows always pull all the emotions out of you. You know, you've got your happy, your you know, your laughing comedy. You've got your drama, you've got, you know, you've got your uh, just panic, you know what I mean? Like, is it going to happen? Is it going to do this? You've got all the gambit of emotions. And Brock Lesnar tends to bring out just the, even if you don't want to, because I'm a Brock Lesnar guy, I'll, I'll, I'll be probably sitting here feeling, pulling for Rey Mysterio and just really feeling for him. And if they do like I think that they should, in my personal opinion, including Dominic in the match and Brock trying to make him submit, trying to make him quit the business in this match. It wouldn't surprise me to hear him tell Ray during the match, quit, quit, go home. <laughs> and and you just feel, feel for Ray Mysterio and then Dominic come out there and do what he's supposed to do. Everybody in that in that arena is going to be like trying to hold back tears. Just in my opinion. And remember, this is in Chicago. So, this is probably a top three city of crowd reaction. And this is one match that I'm very intrigued to see how the crowd reacts to this. Yeah, me too. Champ? Me too. Champ, I mean... Granted, we go 
a little bit short tonight, but you know what? It was all high-quality content because we did the independent wrestling scene. We did a preview of NXT TakeOver, and we did a preview of Survivor Series. We're going to take off next week for turkey, dressing, mashed potatoes. Oh, by the way, Courageous, your uh, top three Thanksgiving sides before we go out. Hmm, that's a good question. And I was just sitting here telling my sister how I'm just like not looking forward to all that food. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's always so much. You know what I mean? That, that's why leftovers are the shit uh, Black Friday, man. Yeah, but my biggest hang-up with holidays is there's always so much cooking and so much food, and you, you spend all day fixing it and preparing it for 15 minutes to 20 minutes of eating. But um, I guess my three favorite side dishes, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big sweet potato casserole guy. Oh, man. Love sweet potato casserole. Um, my sister makes a killer macaroni and cheese, man. So I love macaroni and cheese, and probably green bean casserole, man. You gotta have your veggies, man. You gotta have your veggies to balance it out, and uh, it doesn't get any better than a good green bean casserole, you know. Oh man, oh that sounds like some good shit. Like um, I would. I would go with uh, some corn pudding. If you don't know what corn pudding is, oh my fucking god! Just ba like, I mean, the way my mother has it, it's like cornbread and milk, just an extra thirty minutes soaked in there and all that shit, and it's fucking delicious. <laughs> so it doesn't have any corn in it. Oh, it's got it's corn in it. It's got corn kernels in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, it's got corn in it. Um, ooh, mac and cheese has got to be up there as well. And then I'd probably go with, uh, if like, the main thing with my stuffing, or my stuffing, or actually, I, put, I, I would say dressing because I put the turkey in the shit. So uh, dressing's got to be there. It just doesn't have to have big-ass onion chunks. Because one thing I, with onion with me is I love the taste of onion, but I hate the texture of the shit. So no onion chunk dressing for me. Man, man I'm probably going to get some hate, uh, some hate tweets on this. Replies, but, you know, I mean, I like, I like a good dressing. But uh, a lot of times people don't know how to make it, man. I don't want it runny, and I don't want it super dry. It's gotta, it's gotta have that good, good content. But, but at the same time, I just, I'm not usually a big dressing guy. Uh, oh, but I, when that dressing I, is good, I, that dressing is good. That's kind of why I was just like, I, I needed to make some particulars in it because it's like, all right, yeah, big onion chunks, new. No. Super dry, obviously, fuck no, as you mentioned, and then it's just. Like, when you get that right type of dressing, oh, man, that shit is fucking gold. Definitely. Okay, so my Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving question, I'm going to two-quarter quickly. The first one, are you a whole or a thin cranberry sauce? 
am I a what on the cranberry sauce? The canned jelly or the whole cranberry cranberry sauce? I'm a uh, can. I'm a can guy. You like the jelly? Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> I pretty much eat the whole jar, the whole jar, the whole can myself. <laughs> the main the main question is, what's what's the pie of choice? Pecan. Man, man, my man. Champ. The I would say a chocolate pie is really good. Whiskey pecan pie. Ooh, what kind of whiskey are we talking? Uh, usually either Jack or Crown. Oh yes, let's do Jack because that's a Tennessee whiskey, and I support things Tennessee. <laughs> I can hook you up. <laughs> well, Champ, uh, tonight has been actually pretty good. Like very. We kept the time very well. We had a variety of topics that we discussed. Even talked of turkey. So, and by the way, the Bears are going to rip the Lions a new asshole at the beginning of uh, Thanksgiving. So, y'all better be tweeting at me at Bro Scholar. You can tweet at Courageous at Keith Courageous. You can also tweet at us at the Smarks Pod. And just let Courageous know that uh, the Bears could not use Vic Fangio on defense because they got Chuck Pagano. But on offense, God damn it, somebody needs to help them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I almost wonder how come y'all just don't just pack, just pack it in and tank and try to trade and get Joe Burrow. Hell, I mean, anything is better than, than Trubisky, man. Blow for Joe? <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever. But I mean, <laughs> going down, so you know. I mean, hey, it's worth the time. Blow, blow for Joe. Oh my God. We we can discuss Tua Tagovailoa next time that we uh, do the podcast because we will have guests on, and December's not exactly a strong month for wrestling, so we can get into some squirrely shit. But champ, I think it uh, it's that time, my friend.